I also feel that we shouldn't discard the supply chain that we have already because they're all there and they're actually doing a good job. And I think that brands can start to work with their own supply chain and help them in turn become sustainable. Hi, I'm Sebastian Volney, and this is The Sustainable Fashion Wingman, the podcast exploring the brands, innovations, and careers making fashion more environmentally and ethically friendly, proving you that fashion doesn't have to cost the earth, literally. I hope you're enjoying listening to the podcast as much as I am making them. And if you think it's the best thing since sliced bread, why not invite your friends to listen too? There's a lot of episodes coming this way, so remember to subscribe. Now, it's admirable to see numerous businesses commit to greater sustainable practices, but it's not an easy task, especially for already established brands. But they don't have to go it alone, not when there are experts ready to guide them in the right direction. I've been in contact with today's guest, Rachel Kahn, for a while now, following her progress from candidate to sustainable consultant. Now, businesses have the advantage of tapping into Rachel's exceptional sustainable fashion coaching through her consulting platform, Circular Earth. How does Circular Earth help brands to become more sustainable? Let's find out. Hi, Rachel. Good to chat with you again. Hi. Good afternoon. I've been following Circular Earth of late and the support you've been providing businesses. Could you just give us a bit of a, a, a background on your kind of expertise in fashion sustainability? Sure, yeah. Um, I've been in the industry for about 22, 23 years as a designer and design manager, working with brands from the very start of their kind of fruition right up to um, create, creating sort of photo shoots and pushing it out there. Um, so I've always been involved in the very kind of nitty gritty of creating um, a business and a brand and a brand identity um, as I've been along. Um, for a long time, I felt kind of disillusioned with the industry um, and I actually ended up feeling quite sick to design anything anymore in the unsustainable way. Um, so I started to move to, to sustainability about four or five years ago um, and generally kind of um, just moved into it and self-taught myself and um, yeah, I kind of like networked my way through a, a lot of it and um yeah, I found that I was kind of learning so much. Um, I ended up started to teach it in a, a university. So I teach sustainability and ethics in business. Um, yeah, and then moved gradually into the consultancy as I wanted to build both the skills from my past in terms of design and development and fabric-based knowledge um, right up into brand identity and design Um and linking that with the sustainability knowledge so that I could offer a service that really helped people in the many different ways that they needed to be helped. So That's great to hear. Um, and it's uh, true, a lot of people come from the industry. And I think especially over the last 18 months, obviously because of the pandemic, people have decided to take slightly different paths as well. Um, from working in the obvious area of you know in the industry and like production or development and things like that to actually using that knowledge to build on something more purposeful as well which is exactly what you're doing um and it's actually really nice to see and it's also something that people need because you know a lot of businesses like we were saying 
want to become more sustainably and ethically responsible, but it's it's not necessarily an easy path. And, and it's often a case that outside advice and consultancies like yourself can actually provide the necessary knowledge that they, that they require. So what made you decide to start your own consultancy? Number one, I didn't want it to... St- I didn't want to start my own brand uh, because I just thought there's so many people out there um, that it was much more important to help those other people through their journey than it was to create another linear brand that that's kind of, okay, fine, but um, I found it unnecessary for me. So I much prefer to share my skills. I love teaching and coaching um, and that kind of sets me on fire more than anything else. So um, for me, it's about um, having people kind of move into this new realm of sustainability and regenerative thought processes and um, and have not just the CEOs try it on, but like the, the teams within there as well. Because I think in terms of longevity, that would help them to yeah, be able to create their brand and their new way of being with sustainability far more concrete having that base knowledge themselves so yeah that's kind of why I decided to go towards consultancy rather than creating a brand myself. That's understandable that's something I can relate to myself as well um, as much as you're obviously you know design minded and and I am too um, there are a lot of brands out there already and they kind of need help in different ways so this is kind of what you're doing, and I can understand that completely. Um, sustainability in business is a complex matter, uh, especially for brands with established processes and having to rewrite those processes and address those, those processes and move forward. What are some of the challenges that you first encounter when a business needs coaching? Well, it's mainly sort of um, having the R&D there in place to go towards it. Um, and the want to go towards it. So um, at first I look at mindset like quite a lot in terms of like, okay, why are we going on this journey? Um, so I think that can be um, a little bit of a, a, a kind of stumbling block for a lot of people. Um, but once we get through that, then we can start to go through, forward towards um, really thinking about the, the real practical steps that they need to take towards doing that. Um, I think I work with a lot of small to medium businesses. So the practical sort of obstacles that come up quite a lot are minimum quantities, um, finding ethical factories or transforming their, their kind of supply chain that they already have towards a sustainable or an, an, and ethical kind of future. Um, and it is, it is a big kind of thing to, for them to take on to start off with. Yeah. And to go a bit more deeper into it as well, like you said, uh, finding ethical factories is quite difficult. I know some businesses, for them, that's one of the most important key steps is obviously finding a factory they can trust and one that they know is ethical and sustainable because it's easy for them to go and, you know, source or be um, given information by an external source about who is a good factory, but for them to actually understand and to acknowledge and to know whether they are as ethical and sustainable as they say, is is actually a very difficult process to go through. How do you how do you ensure that uh, factories that you recommend are sustainable and ethically sourcing their product or making their product? Generally, it's about like tapping into my network and and really having that on the ground integrity uh, from 
from people who have actually worked with the, those factories themselves as well. Because I think um, I was talking about this with some other consultants the other day in terms of um, like really it you don't know until you start working with a fact- factory kind of what they're going to be like in terms of like producing, producing on time, doing the things you need to, them to do. Um, sourcing the things that you need them to source so um, I think that in a knowledge of like tapping into the network of people who have been on the ground working with with these factories is really important as well as legislation and looking at kind of um, audits and things like that as well I'd like to see I like to see that that consultants of people and people have gone to the factory and physically seen it on the ground. Um, and I like that kind of level in, of integrity. I also feel that we shouldn't discard the supply chain that we have already because that they're all there and they're actually doing a good job. And I think that brands can start to work with their own supply chain and help them in turn become sustainable because, you know, that's then you know, helping them have um, a sustainable life and think about their employees in an ethical manner as well. So um, I think that brands can kind of start to work more collaboratively um, with their supply, their existing supply chains and not forget about them. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's very true and very important because it's easy to just kind of source ethical and sustainable factories. Um, but it's also more important to recognize that there are a lot of factories out there who may not quite be there yet. They may not quite be at the, the level of sustainability as other factories, but they still support a community. They still support a local community and jobs. Um, and it's very important to acknowledge that and to kind of address that rather than just circumvent those factories, but to work with them as well to help support and bring them up to the level of you know required uh, compliance like other businesses are as well and other absolutely are. and i saw it at the beginning of um fast fashion like i was working in a factory in the uk and because fast fashion help came a lot came along everyone moved their production to india or to china or whatever i went to work with them again as a student and they'd gone everything had disappeared all of the all of the expertise and knowledge of those amazing people who had been working in that uk factory for 20 years or so had just disappeared that was it it was kind of wasted but I see that now we can start to think about that a little bit more and start to integrate these ideas as a journey into our existing supply chains and and sort of think about working with the UK again as well for certain matters so yeah absolutely and you're right in the sense of saying it is about integration because they have a lot of knowledge and a lot of expertise that that shouldn't go to waste and if they're not, you know, meeting the, the sustainable and ethical expectations of certain businesses, certain uh, buyers, it's not a case of just discarding them, but integrating them and, and supporting them to actually be able to use what they already have, but in a more, you know, responsible yeah. And manner. that's an education piece that, that Circular Earth can take on as well. I, I love working with factories as well as kind of brands, and that's interesting and important part of it, so... Yeah, and we can really hear your passion as well about education and, you know, training teams and training people into actual understanding what is required to move forward and to become more responsible in their practices. I understand as well, you know, you deal with a lot with um, So you're looking at factories, but you also deal a lot with how to 
advise businesses on their material usage as well, because sustainability has a lot to do with, you know, the type of fabrics and materials that are used within production, whether those materials can be recycled or can be, or, you know, are regenerative, for example. Um, how do you go about ensuring that a business understands that? And, and how do you go in and deal with that aspect of their, of their process? Um, so sometimes it's just a manner of going in and troubleshooting on, on a certain aspect of what they're creating. Um, and that's absolutely fine. Um, but other times it's about creating bespoke reports on on their fabric swap, swap outs. So for instance, I did a piece on vegan leather for an interiors brand, which was, was interesting. And how what the environmental impacts of staying as, as they are right now um, are and moving into okay these are your options and these are the sort of unintended consequences that might come from using this lever or, or that lever in terms of the vegan sort of arguments um, also giving them the option of like what it what the environmental impacts of say say kind of plastic is you know pu and, and fake leather and things like that so um, it's really to give them the deepest possible advice that I can possibly give them with the knowledge base that we have right here right now I'm always on top of um, you know the latest trends that are coming out on everything I hate calling it trends but it (laughs) kind of is you know this is the next thing this is the next thing so that I've done all that research so that the companies don't have to get get involved with that I can sort of say right troubleshoot this 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 is the fabric that I think you should go for or these are the options that you have and these are the possible unintended consequences or and possible sort of circularity future of each one of them. So I'm thinking about everything, not just in terms of like, this is the, this is the fabric, but this is the bigger picture. This is your end usage. This is what you might be able to do with it afterwards. Because I think we should be responsible about what we're creating, not just in that moment, but the thought process into its next life, you know, because that is what circularity is, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's that, like you say, it is about the circular life, the, the cradle to the grave, I, I believe they call it, um, about the fabric, about the products. And you were talking about trends there, which is really interesting because to me, it's like, yes, they are trends, but that's also what confuses companies because they may at one point think okay this is this is what we need to do these are the fabrics that will help us to become more you know sustainable and ethical um but then that thought all those fabrics may not be the same next week they may not be no. the same next month um there may be a new a new type of fabric that is much more sustainable or there may be a, another issue that arises with the current fabrics that they're using um and i think that's why someone like yourself can you know you already have that knowledge you keep up with the trends as 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 you call it because you can then say okay this month you know we've had a little bit of a development on this kind of type of fabric uh, this is the knowledge that you need to understand in order to actually continue the process so it's not like just set a process in place once done and that's it mm. it's understanding that these processes are constantly evolving and you know sustainability is although it's been around for a while and although it's been in trend for a while it's a very continuing process there's innovations happening constantly um, and I think that's important to have someone with the knowledge to to keep companies up to date as well absolutely and it is a massive it's a journey you have to keep going on it and 
it is annoying for companies to have to keep keep up to up with the trends essentially i hate call it trends but it is you know and that's why i can come in and say okay this is the next thing this is the next thing i'll always touch base with people um and and keep them informed yeah yeah after and that keeping base them refreshed yeah. yeah, keeping them refreshed. That's right. And you, you you approach these things in quite a holistic way. So obviously, if you go into a business and, you know, they, they've got established teams, they've got their buy-in and design and merch, product developers, it's, it's, it's always good to understand that you don't need sustainability in every, um, in every role, for example. Like a designer can understand how to design circularity-wise. Um, buyers understand, you know, to look out for buying products that are more sustainable and their choices in the fabrics that they choose. But they don't necessarily have to be sustainability experts in themselves like you are. But that's part of what you do as well. You, you come in and coach those teams to actually progress their knowledge to be able to actually do what they do, but in a more sustainable way. Um, and I think that's good for businesses to understand that they don't need to go out and suddenly rechange their entire team. No. <laughs> you know, they can actually bring someone in like yourself and actually coach the teams that they already have. Um, how do you how do you find that? Is, is it something that you find challenging in any way? I find, I'm really passionate about that because um, there's so many people in the industry that I know that that want this as a, as a as an employee. They don't necessarily want to go and do their own business or do, but they people want to go towards this naturally. So it, they, for them, it would be a, an amazing. It's amazing boon to kind of to have that on the job kind of knowledge and be able to then experientially put it into their business into their what they're doing in in the business themselves and again the very similar with the um with the factories as you said you don't want to like completely get rid of your whole team and just go i want a sustainable team now this this team won't do <laughs> so um it's about um kind of moving your team on with the times and and i help towards that and i found it it um to be a good process that they want to be involved in it and they're happy to go on that journey a lot of them do feel disillusioned as i did you know and and see the see the problems that i've seen as well but don't necessarily i mean as i did when i first sort of started looking at sustainability about 15 years ago as a as a lowly designer i didn't really i didn't really know what to do with that as someone who was in a company yeah, I felt like I had to wait for the CEO or someone to say, this is what we're going for. You do that now sort of thing, you know. So um, I think that the, the want is there from from the employee base as well as kind of the consumer base. So, you know, they're, they're going towards it and they're happy to do so. So, um, yes, I, I think it's a happy process. Oh, yeah, I completely agree with that. It's exactly why I started my business. I, I was disillusioned too in the industry, um, working for, you know, working in fast fashion um, and seeing the issues that, and the impact on the environment that, that the industry can have. And even talking to colleagues and my network, a lot of people were very keen to actually move into something that didn't feel as, you know, uneasy about. Um, and a lot of people are looking for more purpose-driven uh, careers and to work for businesses that are actually 
respecting their environment and respecting their supply chains and the societies that they work with. Absolutely. Um, startups, it's for startups, it can be a bit tricky to get the right people in place. Usually, they're you know they're watching costs at the beginning, um, which is often why you know startups work with consultants rather than pay full time permanent staff, for example, um, which is exactly what you're trying to address too. I understand that that's something that you took into consideration as well when founding Circular Yeah, Earth. absolutely. Um, and I had a lot of startups come in to me, still do. Um, and generally, the startup people don't come from the industry. They're not designers. They're not garment techs. They're not from that sort of... They might be from a marketing background, but it might not be in, in fashion marketing even. So they don't have that kind of production-based knowledge that I have. So for the startups, it's great to have someone to kind of bat ideas off and kind of help them on their journey towards it. So um, a lot of the time it's troubleshooting. It's like, okay, don't do that. Maybe don't put a pocket there because this might happen. And, and knowing the, the issues that might come up from my knowledge and experience of 20-odd years doing it. Um so for them, it means they don't make too many mistakes. Do you see what I mean? Like, because sometimes when you go into creating a, as a startup, you think, oh, it's easier. Just, you know, create a picture and off you go. It's like, well, it's much more de- depth than that. And and that isn't even a sustainability thing. That's just a practical thing that I can bring to the table. So the startups themselves have been very appreciative of of that kind of knowledge, of the knowledge on the ground sort of thing that that they don't particularly have. And and the links to the factories and the links to like the the fabric people and everything. So Yeah, that is that is really important. And it is true. Um when you're starting a, a fashion brand, there are a lot of kind of areas to consider and it's it's not always that obvious. Um, you know, especially to someone who maybe might be new to the industry as well and is starting a new, fresh, young brand, uh, you know, considering which factories to use, you know, what kind of production processes there are, regulations, compliance, it's very complex. And, and it is obviously quite good to have someone that can actually go in there and has done it all before, knows the processes and can explain the steps by steps. Um, so one other thing I found working in sustainable fashion space is the collaborative spirit. People are, you know, I found people are very happy to work together for a shared cause. And I understand you've also started a regular forum for people to get together to discuss and work collaboratively across businesses. It's all about obviously sharing knowledge and solutions in sustainability. Can you tell us a little bit about the ecosystems virtual meetup and how people can get involved? Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's a, it's a, big project (laughs) I'd say I've been on the journey of looking at regenerative leadership and regenerative thinking and living systems thinking so not thinking of business in terms of um, the usual hierarchical situation where you have a CEO and then people underneath and all of that kind of thing and it is and as I've gone through meeting people yes in the sustainable fashion space especially in the small business sort of space it has been very collaborative but it doesn't always necessarily mean that we actually thrive off of that collaboration in terms of like real things that we need money you know we need still need money to live in this situation the situation that we're in right now um, and I could go into many different realms talking about new economics and all of that different stuff but I'll keep it simple today. <laughs> but 
So essentially, I found that we were very thinking of ourselves, yes, collaboration, but in 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 a in a thought process of separation. So it's still my brand is my brand and your brand is your brand. This is my dance space. That is your dance space. Whereas I thought, well, why not start getting people together and start collaborating on all of the different problems that we're seeing as small to medium business owners? Minimum quantities for one, um, finding factories, finding that integrity um, of of the supply base, um, finding consultants that that know their stuff or know your niche, um, building yourself as a brand, all of that kind of stuff. So I started to put that into the thought process of what we call living systems and started to design a forest or grow a forest. Now, I'm not God, so I'm not going to grow a forest on my own. <laughs> so, so I started to create, facilitate these conversations so I can bring many different minds to the table. So we have people coming along who are from the supply base or they're starting up, they're, they're from even from the growing sort of sector, like in terms of like growing cotton and things like that. Um, people who own brands and, and are looking to kind of collaborate more. And, and I started to have these ecosystem conversations and we called it the ecosystem incubator. So where we can start to collaborate and, and, and network weave, but in a, in a more structured way. And long term, I'm looking to build an, an AI platform that basically builds all of this together. B2B, uh, yeah, business to business, but also long term B2C so that then we can start marketing as as a collective, you know. So the people like Boohoo have like amazing marketing capability because they're so large. And I found that each each of the small businesses are kind of all shouting and yeah, you know, we're here, we're here, we're here, and we're all we're all expending so much energy on that, right? So why not do that as one? Not just not just B two B, but B two C, so that we can start to like work more as well an ecosystem so you can pop along uh, i've got an event bright link that i can give to you um and that's weekly on a friday that sounds great and i'm actually registered Yay. for this friday i'm looking forward to it so anyone can contact yes. you on maybe on linkedin perhaps and they can you can give them the link to the actual yeah, um, event bright yeah. page Fantastic. Excellent. Well, Rachel, it's been highly informative. I think there's a lot of information in there for people to take away, especially for startups uh, and any even, you know, any teams that are working within the, the fashion space that are looking to actually improve their sustainability offering. Um, it's been great talking to you. And if people or businesses would like to reach out to Rachel about sustainable coaching, there'll be a link in the episode description where you can follow her and have a conversation about it. Thank you for listening. This has been the Sustainable Fashion Wingman podcast and I'm Sebastian helping you dress, live and work more sustainably. Music